Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's Friday, March 4th, and you're tuned into the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined by Paul Hoynes. Hoynes is out in Arizona. Uh, another day of watching Guardians minor leaguers participate in training camp. Uh, what's, the, what's the scene out there, uh, Hoynesy? What's, uh, what's the latest from the fields out behind the, uh, the, uh, the Cleveland complex at Goodyear? Yeah, uh, today, Joe, they're going to... Uh... The Guardians are going to play a minor league game against the Reds at the Goodyear Complex. Uh, they've been playing sim games just about every day since, you know, I got here Monday. Um, and uh, it's, it's interesting, you know, just to watch the guys, watch the guys play. Um, and, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's like a normal camp, but you, know, you just don't, you, you don't have a read on any of these guys. You know, you haven't seen them. You haven't met them. You know, we talked to uh, Will Brennan uh, yesterday, a uh, great kid, uh, uh, an outfielder who played at A and AA last year, really swung the bat well, uh, was, uh, played college ball at, a col at Kansas State. He was recruited as a pitcher, but he, you know, they he, but he wanted to hit, so he wasn't real happy as a pitcher, but he, <laughs> he said he was the closer, said he was, you know, the Sunday starter as as a sophomore and, and junior, but he, he really didn't want to pitch. He said he had a bad attitude about pitching. And besides, he didn't like his arm. It's because his arm was hurting every, every time he pitched. So he just, he just wanted to hit and he's getting that chance now. And he's really kind of uh, changed his whole approach. He's, uh, he's, he's driving the ball more. He was kind of a slap hitter in, in the college. Um, now he, you know, he says the only way to get to the big leagues is hit home runs, doubles, or steal a lot of bases. And I guess, uh, you know, home runs and doubles are the thing on his mind. And he had that, uh, helped uh, the rubber ducks last year mm -hmm. in the playoffs against uh, the Bay Sox. Um, he hit the uh, game tying home run in the ninth inning when they rallied from a, like a five Oh deficit to, uh, eventually sweep, sweep that series. So, uh, he said that's 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 a highlight of his career so far. Well, you're talking about a kid who was taken in the eighth round, uh, the, the 250th overall pick. Uh, he's a, a native of Colorado Springs, so uh, you know uh, uh, Cleveland used to have a, a a minor league team out there in, in, in Colorado Springs, didn't it? Yeah, he grew up. Uh, he, he was born in Colorado Springs, but really kind of grew up in Kansas City. 
uh, his dad, his stepdad was a big Red Sox fan. So he became a Red Sox fan. So he says, it's crazy walking around the, the complex and, and having Tito Francona, uh, watch him, you know, play and, 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 uh, you know, and he said, you know, I, I, I watched, I grew up watching Sandy Leone take, uh, play for the Red Sox. Now I'm taking batting practice with them. So, you know, he's, he's kind of enjoying that experience. You know, he's, you can tell this is, you know, he, he I think, uh, you know, just the whole, I think he, he's kind of, he really enjoys that. He's really enjoying that. And Victor Rodriguez, of course, was a Red Sox hitting coach there. So he's, he's getting a full dose of Red Sox stuff here. What, uh, what do you think the chances are that, that Brennan could be, you know, uh, a, a possibility as an outfielder or is this guy like uh, somebody who, you know, puts up a nice minor league career and, 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 you know, his prospects for reaching the majors at least. Yeah, I think they're fair. They're good, Joe. He, they, you know, we were talking to uh, the uh, director of, uh, uh, you know, player development, Rob Serafolo yesterday. He said he's really kind of one of the mo more underrated hitters you know, in, in the organization uh, that he's really made strides. Uh, they're, they're still trying to get more power in the swing, but he's a guy like, like most uh, Guardians outfielders can play all three positions and uh, he, he runs the bases pretty well. He got a single in the, uh, in the, in the sim game yesterday. So, yeah, I think his chances are okay. Uh, I mean, decent, I should say. And, you know, they need outfielders and, uh, Maybe he's, you know, the next, the, the next one of the next guys in the pipeline here. You talk about guys uh, highly rated or highly thought of uh, prospects in the organization uh, that are there at camp. Uh, you also uh, mentioned a, uh, an infielder, Yordis Valdez, as a, a guy who's getting a lot of looks and uh, generating some, some chatter around camp. Uh, what have you seen of uh, Yordis Valdez? Yeah, Yordis Valdez is an interesting guy, switch hitter. You know, you, like he carries himself. If you if you looked real fast out at him in the infield, you'd think he was. You know, you'd think Francisco Lindor was still here. Kind of carries himself the same way, always smiling, a switch hitter, like I said. And he, he his nickname is Mister Hands. So I guess he's you know <laughs> he's pretty slick infielder. Uh, you know, the defensive player, and you know uh, he's got to he's got to come on. Uh, you know, offensively, uh, Johnny Mack. Uh, you know, the field coordinator, John, uh, John McDonald, uh, was saying that, uh, he really, this past winter, you know, spent a lot of time in Goodyear really, you know, kind of got stronger and they can see the difference, you know, in, in the way he swings the bat. He's, uh, so he's an exciting guy. And I guess you just add him to the rest <laughs> of that, that, a uh, backlog of, uh, middle infield talent that the guardians have acquired. Yeah, the the word with that that I heard used was that he had really filled out, uh, I guess. So if he's he was able to put a a little bit of bulk onto that frame, uh, it, that's nice. I still kid was born in in two thousand and one, so I've I've got trouble wrapping my head around uh, you know uh, a guy uh, you know being in base professional baseball who's who who's still who was you know born after <laughs> the year two thousand. Uh, yeah, drafted by uh, by Cleveland in 2019, a second round pick, 63rd overall. Uh, but he's he's Cuban. He, he's uh, you know born in Cuba, and and played high school ball in uh, uh, in Hollywood, Florida. 
Yeah, his dad played on the Cuban national team. He, uh, you know, he grew up here uh, in, in Florida. Um, and uh, Serafolo was telling when they, they, when they first came to the workouts to work him out, his, his dad was there. And before, uh, before the, the workouts even get started, you know, his father was running him through drills. And he said, I think he said he thought that that, that really gave him kind of a leg up on it. So that, that's an interesting uh, kind of concept there. So we'll see how it goes. You know, it's, he's a long way. What I think he only played a ball uh, last, right. last, last season. So it's a long way from there, but uh, you know, that's what this camp is about. I guess, you know, 150 minor league players here and all of them, uh, you know, think they got a shot. Well, and you mentioned, uh, you know, being able to see some guys around camp uh, like Travis Fryman, uh, who who is there working with infielders as well. What's uh, what's Travis's take on on some of these guys? Yeah, I, I didn't talk to a whole bunch. You know, Travis, you know, just uh, I was sitting, we were watching some drills and he came over and said hello. And uh, he said, this is what keeps him young. So he was hitting <laughs> round balls to a bunch of guys. And uh, it's always good to see him. You know, he's 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 always been out here in the in, uh, you know, the instruct, you know, in, in as a minor league, you know, instructor. And it's fun to see him. You know, I've got it. It seemed like yesterday he was playing third base for the for the Indians, you know, and they were in the right. in the postseason every year. So uh, it was it was good to see him. Uh, and, uh, you know, I think we got a little bit of a re- update on uh, some of the. Uh, the, the players that are, you know, rehabbing, you know, uh, Ethan Hank, uh, Hankins, you know, really kind of a high pick a couple of years ago, really kind of on a fast track. Mm-hmm. He's coming off Tommy John. He's in camp playing catch. Another guy, uh, Ryan Webb, that, uh, you know, that the Indians drafted last year, mm-hmm. I think in the fourth round when they took all those pitchers, you know, he they took him despite having uh, – he was having – uh, Tommy Johnny missed his last year at Georgia and uh, he's uh, he's in camp too. And they're playing catch as well. Another kid, uh, Joshua Wolf, one of the, uh, one of the players, one of the guys in the Lindor trade for, uh, for Lindor has mm-hmm. a, is a little, has kind of been set back. He's got a shoulder strain, but they think he'll be all right. When, when the minor league season starts. Okay. Uh, yeah, that's good. Uh, did you get a chance to, uh, to bump into Tito and, and, what, is there anything you're allowed to share with us that you talked about with Tito? Yeah, uh, Tito, uh, Tito was saying, uh, you know, he came over and, and, you know, we talked to him, uh, Mandy Bell and, and myself. Did he, did he, uh, wait, did he pull up, did he pull up in his Cadillac? Was that, uh, <laughs> no, was that, no, he was walking too, you know, like, yeah, uh, the boot was off. Uh, he's had, you know, shoes on both feet. Uh, he said he's getting around okay. And uh, he, he said he's, you know, he's been, you could tell he's a little antsy to get this, the lockout over and get going. But, uh, you know, I think he's, he's, he's enjoying it. And, uh, and the whole big league staff is here. They've kind of been put on, uh, you know, we can't, the media really can't talk to him, you know, about anything, but except uh, just to say hello to him. And, you know, uh, Tito was nice enough to come over and, and, and chat us up a little bit and, he looked good. He said he feels good. He says he's getting around better. And, uh, you know, like you said before, the, uh, the hip surgery was a piece of cake, but the, the toe surgery on his left toe, he said he wouldn't wish that on his, on his worst enemy. So, uh, but he's, he's getting around a lot better. 
Well, that, that's great to hear. And, and you know, the, the prospects for, you know, seeing him in the dugout, if, uh, if we, we get this lockout situation squared away, uh, you know, it seemed pretty good. Seems like everything is, is on course for uh, Tito to be the manager and, and you know, uh, be on the field, just, just back to normal. It, it will be great to, to be able to sit there and do pregame and postgame press conferences with him. And, and just just you, you truly appreciate what we lost at the, the end of last season, uh, not getting, you know, his answers and his insight on, on the team. Yeah, definitely. And, uh, you know, so it was, it was just good to talk to him. And, and, you know, that's the first time we've seen him outside of Zoom, you know, face to face. And I don't know how long. I mean, it's, it's been a while. And uh, so uh, and one thing, one thing, Joe, I was watching the uh, the uh, the uh, simulated game yesterday. They're using the uh, the robot umps, mm -hmm. the home plate umpire. It's so weird to watch a baseball game and there's no umpire behind home plate. It's you know they've got the uh, I don't they track they've got one trackman or yeah uh, trackman yeah. set up behind the home plate and then uh, you know so you hear the you know the the got the pitcher lets the ball go it's, it thumps into the uh, the catcher's glove and you hear somebody. At, from the stands reading the monitors say strike. <laughs> it's, just, it's, just a, it's just a strange vibe. It's, but uh, I guess, uh, you know, I, I don't know. I guess that's what they're going to do. But obviously, you know, in, in games that count, you've got to have the plate umpire back. Right, yeah. There, there are other things besides the, the strike zone that an umpire has to, you know, control and command during a game. So, yeah, uh, there are there, – there's it won't eliminate – the human element completely it will just get the uh the strike zone called you know accurately i guess uh interesting well, yeah, that, well i've heard different complaints there's there's been some uh i think there's still some kinks to work out in the system there's some uh, are, there's some players that that aren't were convinced that this that a strike was a strike from the from the from that uh from the robot umpires yeah, are you are you getting the uh, the big sweeping twelve six curveballs that that hit the back end of the plate and are getting called strikes because, you know, that's technically their strikes when they cross the zone. Yeah, I haven't seen one of those yet, but I'm I'm waiting on it. I'm 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 waiting on one of those. Well, when uh, when Terry Francona gets kicked out of a game for arguing with a robot umpire, uh, an automated <laughs> strike, then uh, we will have seen everything we need to see, I guess. Uh, Wanted to mention you mentioned the uh, the negotiations and the lockout. I want to get into that uh, today? Uh, just re a few hours ago, the uh, players' association announced that they have set up a fund, a one million dollar fund, to uh, help support those uh, workers who are displaced or are out of work from uh, because of the lockout. And, uh, I guess that would include uh, you know those workers that we talked about uh, earlier in the week. Uh, in Cleveland, who are, are not going to be doing their training for opening day uh, coming up because of the delay to the start of the season. Uh, it, it, it follows that the Major League Baseball, I guess, is also going to set up a similar fund or, or, or something in concert with that. So there will be maybe twice as much uh, in that fund to, to help uh, those workers. But I guess from, from my perspective, if you're Major League Baseball, why would you set up a fund for displaced workers, uh, displaced ballpark workers, instead of just ending the lockout that you imposed that would, you know, get their jobs back on track? Yeah, this is kind of, uh, you know, a tit for tat kind of thing, I think, Joe. 
the the union does it okay the owners are doing it they, the owners have to do it but yeah you know that's i i agree with your your point of view there and i and i wonder you know that, you know i i try to be encouraged by this thing i try to be optimistic but when this when kind of stuff like this starts to come out you know you don't know if it's a bid for you know to for public sympathy to get the public on their side the owners of the player side or they're digging in for you know a long haul here well and as we saw with the with the release of the information uh earlier in the week about how uh the the training for the ballpark workers was going to be delayed uh ownership is is trying to turn those workers you know against the players and they're trying to drum up drum up uh, public sentiment uh that you know the the players are being greedy and and they should just take the deal and and, and all that, I, I think really, uh, you know, the players try to can try to fight back by, you know, you know, here's a here's a lollipop. Here's here's something we can give you uh, to, to help support you in that way. But I I don't know. I, I, this really just puts it more, I think, on the owner ownership to 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 acquiesce and try and get something done. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, the time has come, Joe, like we, we were talking yesterday, I was encouraged that just the two lead negotiators got together Thursday in New York. Hopefully something positive comes out of that. And uh, these guys could get together either this weekend or, uh, or, you know, sometime early next week, you know, and Joe, we're not even talking about the spring training games that have been canceled. You know, right. the first, you know, through Saturday, counting Saturday, uh, it'll be eight spring training games that the Indians have canceled. I mean, the guardians have canceled. And, you know, you take that over 30 teams, that's what, over 240, about 240 games, spring training games that, that won't be played. And, you know, that, that's, you know, 240 games that workers aren't getting paid at ballparks and ushers aren't getting paid. And, you know, it's just, uh, you know, it kind of snowballs and you forget about that. Right. And, uh, you know, that and we're not even talking about fans and, and you know. The yeah, way fans. Them, I mean, right. Exactly. It, right now, uh, show me uh, a kid who's who's out there even, you know, thinking about Major League Baseball right now with with the NFL combine dominating the news cycle and, uh, you know, the NBA, you know, starting to heat up and, and getting towards, you know, last couple of weeks of uh, of their regular season. Uh, it, it, baseball is really running a risk of be, becoming the forgotten sport. Yeah. And, uh, you know, there's so much there's so much more to do. You know, so many more entertainment uh, venues to follow, you know, teams to follow. You know, baseball's got to get its act together. And, uh, you know, they, they've got – I'm sure they realize that. I, I, I really they, – they'd have to be really – they'd have to be a lot – not as smart as I think they are. To Both sides would to, not to realize that they're hurting their game right and, now. And, and, and right now your solution is, hey, pitch clock. Oh, come on. Really, that's, that's the best you can come up with is pitch clock and no shifts. For, for, for saving the game and, and getting people more interested. I, I really don't think that that's going to work, but uh, you know, gotta love them. Uh, all right, Hoinsie, you're, uh, you're out there uh, through the end of this week uh, in, in Arizona, uh, chasing after guys that you, 20 year olds that you've never even met before, uh, <laughs> trying, to, trying to learn a, a little bit more about the Guardians minor leaguers who are in camp. Um, you'll be uh, back uh, in town after that. And, and hopefully by then we'll, we'll have something to report about uh, uh, in terms of the, the negotiations. 
Definitely, uh, Joe. It's it's time to get it going here. <laughs> All right. Uh, we will talk to you again uh, next week on the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. We'll see you then. <laughs>